Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we live in a world that can be trying at times. Certainly as a, elated as I have been over the, the end of the weightlifting season for my own family, yet within the, the weightlifting team tragedy took place um, this previous week. And young lady of the team, her name is Maisie. Her grandfather was uh, working on a car. Uh, something happened with the, the jack and the car crushed him. He's gone. We live in a world where there's uh, trouble. We live in a world where things seemingly don't make sense at times. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus himself told us, in this world you will have trouble. You know, sometimes we, we kind of revert back to the Old Testament, don't we? And we say to ourselves, well, I'm like Father Abraham, you know? And, and wasn't that a, a moving vision for Abraham? The people that curse you, I will curse. And the people that bless you, I will bless. You go and do my will. Go into that new land. I will show you everything will be okay. But dear friends, when we get to the New Testament, we begin to look at the lives of the disciples, the people perhaps that we would expect to have the most okay lives. Because you naturally think that way, right? The, the 12 men following after Jesus, leaving behind their livelihoods, giving up everything to be with him, those guys certainly must be like Father Abraham. Spiritual. Right there next to God. The people that bless them, oh, they must have been so blessed. And the people that curse them, wow, watch out for the lightning coming down. Right? And we look at the lives of those original apostles. We, we look at the, the life of the apostle Paul. At the end of Paul's life, even though he had been able to heal countless people in his own ministry, we find him crying out to God and saying, God, relieve me of this affliction. And Paul says three times he asked God to relieve him of whatever the affliction was. You know, probably not just a hangnail, you know. Something that's really bothering him, something that's hurting him, is something he's crying out to God about. And the voice of the Lord comes back and says, you know, my perfection is made perfect in weakness. Paul, who could heal anyone, can't heal himself. 
He's struggling with it. We follow the, the apostles, you know, through their lives. And, and certainly, again, we might think if anyone could be delivered from the fiery furnace, if anyone could be delivered from the lion's den, certainly wouldn't that be Peter? Right? Peter, the rock, crucified. Upside down, we're told. He said he was not worthy to die the same death his Savior had died. And so they put him upside down on the cross. Dear friends, in this world we now have trouble. And in this world, the most spiritual among us can be crucified upside down. In this world, the most spiritual among us can be beheaded because of the king's order. In this world, we no longer seem to have that promise. Those who curse you are going to be cursed. We have agony. We, we have suffering. We have terrible accidents that take place. For you and I as Christians, we then ask the, the question this morning, how do I reach out to others who are hurting? How do I attend funeral services where people died in terrible accidents? How can I convey the love of God in an age where things seem to be in turmoil? Well, maybe we'll just examine a, a, a few things that, that you, you might have heard at funerals. Have you ever gone to a, a funeral and you're just kind of listening in and, and someone off, off on the side, you know, kind of just says, don't worry about it. You heard that? And the, the idea is, you know, we're, we just kind of live in this, you know, transition in the world today and, and we're all going to go be with Jesus and, you know, that's kind of where, you know, your, your loved one's in a better place, you know, that, that comes from. Very hear people, you know, just, just saying, hey, you know, put your, your trust in Jesus. And, and the, the basic thing is, don't worry, you know, be happy. I don't know if you've ever been in, in that position, but you know, for, for myself, if I've lost a, a loved one, that, that kind of falls short, doesn't it? I mean, I, I kind of feel like maybe that, that person doesn't really identify with the, the pain I'm going through. I, I kind of feel like there's not, well, yeah, a, a lot of empathy there, right? Because I, I'm, I'm hurting, something terrible has happened, I'm, I'm worried, you know, maybe I'm even fearful uh, about the future, how am I going to you know, continue on that this person is gone? 
You know, is it your mom or dad, your, your grandma, your grandpa, a brother or sister? And, and you said to yourself, you know, I'm, I'm mourning and I, I feel kind of a, even a blackness inside. And I'm, I'm wondering how I'm going to get through tomorrow. And this person just said, don't, don't worry, be happy. Basically what they said. Well, you know, at, at least that person maybe came to your funeral. And at, at least that, that person, you know, bothered to, to come up and try to speak some words of consolation. Right? And so, we, you know, give them some credit for that. But does it really help you at the time? See? And then furthermore, we, we kind of know if our, our loved one died as a result of sin, it wasn't part of God's plan, was it? Because God's not the author of sin. And so sure, if, if my loved one died of you know, natural causes, my loved one kind of reached the, the end of their 98 years and, and you know they, they passed peacefully, well then I, I can say, yeah, they're, they're in a better place. And yeah, they had a good life. But you know, if it's my own child, right? I'm devastated. And you come and say, don't worry, be happy. I'm wondering how I'm going to make it through tomorrow. And, and furthermore, if it was a, a result of negligence, it was you know, someone who committed sin and it resulted in my loved one's death, well then I know it wasn't part of God's plan, you see, because God is not the author of sin. And so how can I be happy? Sin took place in my family. My loved one is gone. It's not right. So I'm angry as well. And then you come and you say, well, don't worry. And they're in a better place. And it's going to be okay. It doesn't really meet me where I am. But what, what are some of the things that, that maybe can meet me in that place? Well, you know, maybe, for example, simply <coughs> saying, God knows. He knows what you're going through. You see, God sent His perfect Son into this world and people mocked Him and they ridiculed Him and they sinned against Him. They crucified Him even. God understands when things are not fair. And God understands when, when you're, you're being hurt and God even says he will be with you, you see. In the New Testament, it doesn't say, if God is with you, you're in this kind of special bubble and everything is perfect, but rather the Bible tells us God will be with you in the midst of terrible things, right? The Bible says, you know, nothing can snatch us out of God's hand. It doesn't say nothing bad is going to happen, but rather it says persecution. Right? God will be with you through that. The, the sword. Right? Persecution resulting in your death. God will be with you through that. Terrible loss, terrible tragedy. God will be with you through it, you see. 
Rather than someone just coming and telling me, don't worry, be happy, I would much rather hear that message. God is with you right now. He sees what's going on. He knows all the details of the circumstance. He longs to take you in his arms to comfort you. If I, you know, don't worry, be happy, I, I don't need comfort, do I? I'm not worried, I'm, I'm happy. But no, when, when I'm sad, when I'm devastated, I need some comfort. And where do I go? Well, God says he would like us to come to him. His arms are wide open. Right, and so I begin to, to try to have that, that vision in my mind once again, even though I feel a blackness inside, even though my e emotions are, are shut down in a sense, I begin to have this vision of my heavenly Father who understands what I'm going through, who sees all the details behind the scenes, who can judge perfectly what's happening, and he's there with wide open arms ready to bring me comfort. Well, that, that maybe helps me rise again, doesn't it? You see, God loves us so much. And yet we're in a sinful world. And God loves us so much, but yet Adam and Eve decided they would put Satan on their management team, you know. They would include him in their decisions. And Satan came into the world, and we have the world we have today. And God loved us so much. He sent Jesus into this sinful place to die upon a cross to open the way to heaven for all who believe. God didn't just leave us here in, in this mess. And yeah, that, that's what it was. You know, when, when Adam and Eve asked Satan for his advice, when Adam and Eve took him into, you know, their inner circle, they said, oh yeah, we'll eat this fruit because Satan told us to, because, you know, we want to listen to him, right? And the world fell. And we don't even know the extent of that fallenness. We, we don't even you know, comprehend what the world must have been like before that point. And it's different. And at that moment, God said, I need to come up with a plan. I cannot just leave people on the earth in this terrible state. I have to fix this somehow. And so he sent his son. Jesus Christ, our Savior, to die upon a cross. Now, if the sinless Son of God can't walk around in this world experiencing the perfect plastic bubble, why do we sometimes think we should have that?
But we do. Like that. But it's not the promise. You see, the promise is that God will carry you when you can't go on. The promise is that God will sustain you in the most trying of times. The promise is that God loves you so much he wants to take you in his arms and comfort you when you fell down and skinned your knee. You see, you know, you, you and I, you know, most of us as parents, we kind of understood when, when raising our children, you know, your, your little two or three-year-old son or daughter could be walking right beside you down the street. And it's possible that even though you were right there, they could trip on a crack in the sidewalk and fall down. As attentive as you were, as careful as you were with your kids, you know, even though they were right there beside you, they, they could get hurt at times. But what, what was your response? You know, did, did, did you put them in the plastic bubble? You know, the plastic bubble that has pads on the inside and little Johnny walks along and the bubble spins as he walks and if he ever falls down, he falls on the cushion, you know, and... It would have kept him from growing up, wouldn't it? Right? But that little son or daughter, two years old, fell down, scraped their knee, and what was your response? You scooped him up in your arms, didn't you? And you carried him back home. And you brushed the gravel out of the wound and, and you know, you sprayed on the antiseptic and, you know, you put the bandage on there and, and maybe even you gave him a little piece of candy and you said, hey, you know, mom's here. Dad's here. I love you. I'm sorry you got hurt. We'll make it better. And to the best of your ability, that's what you did, right? God is that very same way. No, he's not like the big ogre in heaven that says, you stupid kid, why did you fall down again? No. But he is the one who loves. He's the one who cares for you so very much. He is the one that will take you up in his arms, even if you can't walk any further. He'll carry you back to that place of safety and rest once again. He will give you the ability to face tomorrow. Sustain you even through the most difficult of times. Hold you in his arms. Dear friends, feel that love of God once again today. 
whatever pain you're going through, he's been there. He understands what it is to, to lose close friends. He understands what it is to be mocked and ridiculed by the world. He understands what it is to be betrayed by people you thought you could trust. He understands what it is to be bad-mouthed, even when he did nothing wrong. Whatever you're going through, he understands it. Whatever other sin has come into your life, God knows what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe if no one else in the world believes you, God knows the truth. God knows all the events in the background. He is the perfect judge. If you have some terrible grudge in your heart this morning, you're harboring a terrible resentment against someone, you can trust that God knows the truth. The Bible tells us that at the end of time, we will be satisfied with his judgment. If some person that hurt your son or daughter, your relative is still running around out there free and laughing to themselves that they got away with it, God knows. His judgment is perfect. <clears throat> Lay your cares upon Him. He loves you so much. He sent His one and only Son. That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>